Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the interview episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Herberton, and who's with me tonight? Hi, I'm Anna, and I'm with Copy a Game. It's just gotten released on Steam and GOG. And it's an adventure game that I have never... But I've been following you because I saw you were a part of the same group, Classic Gamers Guild. And then after yeah. I seen that you were making this game, and I've been kind of talking with you, waiting for it to come out. Oh, I love this group. I love them. <laughs> I actually have two robots that dedicated to their group. You know that? In, oh, inside yeah? the game. Yeah, yeah. One is holding their pledge, and it's like in the form of a book. And the other one looks like one of the um, one of their admins. Okay. Yeah, so we, That's cool. <laughs> we have close connection with that group. Um, so for those that, that don't know, you just released a game called Capia. came out, as you said, Steven Gog, which is an adventure-style game. Kind of like, I, I like this, I, I say old-school adventure because that's how I look at that genre. Yeah, but because, I mean, it, it, is a, it, it is retro. I mean, that's what we were going for, so that's, um, you're correct there. Okay, so I just didn't want to sound like an insult because it's not. I've only this is only the second adventure game I've ever played before. The first one was Space Quest Five, and oh, then so I so stay I'm away. I'm in a good company. I'm in a good company. I appreciate that. It's just I just it's a genre I stayed away from. So as oh. I, I so I did just finish your game today, and I did get a code from you. I need to put that in here, but it, it's very interesting. I enjoy it. I rushed it, but I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, did but did but did playing copy change your attitude towards adventure games? That's the big question. I would say yes. It, it made oh, me really? more interested to want to try others. And I mean, because the last one I played was Space Quest Five, which is I think it came out what the nineties, early nineties. It was a much older game. <laughs> this was it was nice. This was a this was a breath of fresh air to kind of just see like the different nineteen ninety three, but see the different style and just. What you can do in an adventure game, something that I haven't thought about in, in many in a long time. And I'm so happy that you noticed that because that's exactly what we were going for. We really wanted to mm, produce something retro, but at the same and classical in the sense of puzzles and general genre. But we wanted to make it user-friendly for someone who doesn't usually play maybe classical games. So we did really update it. The controls were very friendly. Like I played with controller and mouse. Because uh-huh. I would controller, when I'm running around, I would use mouse to interact with, was just like picking up an item because I couldn't get the controller for some reason. I think it was me for the, like, for the girl, Remy, to select an item. So I would have to switch the mouse to keyboard and just oh. go back and forth. And it worked better that way for me. But that was me, the, not the game. There is a tutorial. But I didn't have time for that. <laughs> I didn't read, I didn't watch any of it. I just went, just went through the game quickly to get started and then kept playing it. That's <laughs> That's what happens when you record a lot. I even have a joke about it inside the game where uh, Stefan says that he hates reading manuals. I didn't read any manuals. <laughs> oh, of course. Like, I, I did see that you throughout, like, early in the game and throughout the game, I saw that you had a lot of different, like, texts explaining the backstory of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't read it, but I looked at it. Well, you said it had pictures in it, so it was... <laughs> it was really cool. Like I, because at first I was just okay. I'm like, okay. I didn't know if I was gonna have enough time to finish it for our interview because I just started it yesterday, last yeah. night, and I, I'm going through it, and I was starting like you. Kind, it was starting to really grab my attention early on, like because you mentioned it right at the beginning. That there was a war going on between East and West, right. and I'm a. I don't know if this was because I know you were in Europe, correct? Yes. And what went through? I'm a big World War II fan, but and. In general, like I like I like history a lot, and when I kept hearing East and West, I kept thinking of the Soviet Union. I didn't know if that was actually in what you guys are pulling from, since you're in an area that would have been closer to that conflict back in the day. Well, uh, what can I say about this? So we have bionicle and we have mechanical. 
parts of the world. So we won't be getting personal there, but I will let players decide what they think about it. But I mean, Kapia is a story of, I mean, it has a, their, a world of their own. So you, I, I can't say that it's based on something, but of course, I mean, we're all living in the same universe and I like history as well. So of course you will be noticing, you know, some similarities here and there. Okay, that's but, just something that I picked up. But I did like how you had, like, example, the cat that you meet pretty early on that was a cat inside a robot that was also a jerk, which it's a cat. It, it, it was, that was very interesting to me. It really, you made me laugh a lot with that one. Oh, that's good. That's good. We like funny. We like it. took a little bit to get the puzzle because I was, my brain, my brain's not used to adventure games in general, so I don't approach them like the yeah, right. you need See, you need experience with that. You need to know how to solve, so, like mechanics, you know, people who are experienced in um, solving puzzles, I mean, who play them a lot, they can just go through copy on their own without hints. And we do have the hint system, but I mean, they just don't use it and they go through in like five and a half hours. But I mean, others who are not used to it, I mean, they can take up to 20 easily. I've seen that. And I mean, they're still enjoying it. So that's good. I would usually run around and try to explore things and then <laughs> look at what to do. But I enjoyed it. You did a good job. Like, the hint system was very friendly and very nice to, you know, had a counter. And I liked that. Like, I thought, like, you know, this was a, it was a good way. I mean, there were a couple of times when I still couldn't figure out what the hints, and that wasn't on the game. Because, <laughs> like, the hint, everything that you needed was there. Like, you guys did a good job of having the show what you could interact with and being in an area. It wasn't anything obtuse like I've heard about in some adventure games where, oh, you didn't grab this item or now you're dead and you got to start your save. Or, like, I think some of the Quest for Glories might do that, I feel like. I've heard that. And you didn't have anything like that. Well, it's a modern game. No, but. no. <laughs> yeah, it's a modern game. We, we don't do that. And we don't have too many objects as well. I mean, you it's uh, quite logical. I mean, you, we don't run into some something that's uh, completely out of this world or move. It was nice that the puzzles all made sense. I mean, it might have taken me longer than I would have liked at times so I wasn't cheating, <laughs> but it did make sense. And I was also really impressed with like the, the character designs, too, and like the whole war oh, aspect thank of you. War. I really like, I thought Remy was a great character, and there was also, like, the darkness to it that I didn't, not not Remy, but the, just the world itself, like, where she has a wife, <laughs> and that kind of hit me a little bit later on, when it's like, okay, she, you know, because early on in the house, you see other arms, like, oh, I'll get a bigger arm someday, and I'm like, you know, where people are, I thought that was very interesting what you guys did. Oh, yeah, I really like, I, I really like her, and I like Stefan as well, I think they really complement each other. Because they're really different, two really different characters. But the way they work together and, uh, you know, you notice how their relationship clicks, you know, in between, throughout the game. I really like how it turned out. And um, I hope that um, people will appreciate it as well. Sure, people will. The, the relationship between them is also one thing that kept me going. Like, at first, I was just kind of playing through the game, trying to experience what I could before our talk. And then it kept going. I was getting very invested in the story. Like I, you know, you had you had a lot of. Well, I'm not going to spoil too. I'm not going to spoil, but just you had a lot of elements that made me very interested in the world that was going on. Like oh, it was, I got very interested in what was happening. Uh huh. You know, the biggest story, probably the the part. Of, I'm sorry. I know that you don't want to spoil, but I, as a developer, I demand. <laughs> I should probably do it off camera, right? <laughs> it's probably the the story that Stefan tells or. Um, uh, that Rennie tells. Okay, give, give me this much information. Won't spoil anything. Um, I would say for the dark stuff, like some of the stuff that Stefan's saying about the uh -huh, uh -huh. Com com comments about the daughter and things of that nature in the world uh -huh. that he's in, mm -hmm. it felt kind of very dark, even though everything's very colorful and very lively. You have like this darkness of what really happened in your world. Right. And I thought that that kept me going too. Uh 
Okay, okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you for the feedback. I really appreciate it. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is what inspired you guys to start this project? I know you did this with your husband. Right. Well, we always wanted to have this as a career. And uh, this was, I mean, absolutely a love project for us. I mean, we really did invest a lot into it. And that's something that we wanted to do. And that's something that we want to continue doing. I mean, uh, we want to make more games and we want to continue this as a career. So it was very natural for us to, you know, go with an, an adventure because we're both fans of an adventure genre. So that's uh, probably how it all began. But yeah, now that copy is out there, it's time to think, you know, of continuing with something else. <laughs> and it's kind of cool. Was this the first game that you guys have created? Yes, yes, that's our first game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how long did it take you guys to work on working on this game? Forever. <laughs> Six years, but who counts? <laughs> it's out there now that's normal i mean from what yeah. i yeah oh it did take some you know it did take a learning curve to you know to conquer but um one learning curve or two learning curves to conquer but <laughs> we didn't make it so and uh besides we went through kickstarter so that helped us a lot because we're a completely indie team we don't have a publisher so that's completely everything is on us so kickstarter helped us a lot and now we can continue with this model. Did the Kickstarter go better than you expected? Uh, I don't know if it went better than we expected. I mean, it, I think it was pretty much in the range of what we expected because, I mean, okay. we reached, uh, we um, we got more than we uh, had on our base goal. And was did you guys have a full-time job during this, That plus this as like a passion project, or was this just your career at the time kind of thing? <sighs> Well, we we did save up money, and we did have to go full time to you know get this project to the to the sufficient state to present on Kickstarter. Okay, nice. I mean, I was also like impressed as I was going through it. Like, you guys had a lot of detail with all the characters, with the designs of everything that you had. Like, one thing I noticed, like some of the townsfolk that you see, you had guys that were very big or very skinny, but they all had a very distinct, different look. Like nothing, and with the robots, like. They weren't they like part human? Weren't they supposed to be human at one time or something? Yeah, they used to be human, but okay. now they're almost human. That's what I, I was like when I noticed that. Five percent, five percent. Yes. I was like, okay, that's that's different. Like you, I've I've experienced many post-apocalyptic wor- games, and this one, your world was very different, and it was like happy in a way, but also there was that darkness that was still there because post-apocalyptic. And I, I thought that was very impressive. And I was it just like you? Was it just both of you that did all the coding and all like the designing of the characters? Yes, yes. My husband did all the coding and animations too. He's an animator for the game, and I did modeling. And uh, everything is absolutely everything in there, apart from one tree, was made by me. <laughs> <laughs> we did buy a tree, but then we ended up uh, stripping it down and then making new leaves, and I recolored it. So I don't know if it counts. <laughs> it's not completely. My, it's not completely my tree. I can claim this tree. <laughs> I won't bark at it. It's the wrong tree. <laughs> oh, that's cool, though. No, I mean, yeah. like early on in in your in the world, you had a giant robot that you see very early on. Like I thought that was also very interesting because it it posed so many more questions too. Because mm-hmm. you just have a giant head, you don't have a body, and then it's like you lost the body at some point. And just the idea that you know you were presenting here, it did give me leave me with a lot of questions about this world. And I thought it was very interesting what you guys had created. 
that's what we wanted to have. We want to, you know, have complex world that will suck you right in. I mean, the game isn't too long, but we want to explain so much in this um, kind of compressed time frame that we could, you know, present to you. Because we're such a small team. I mean, it's just me and my husband, so we can't really make a, you know, I don't know, twenty-hour long run-through game. But I mean, what we can do is saturate the world that we have to the point where you are still feeling that something is going on something complex is going on and that you're still having fun you know playing in this uh, universe that we have i'm always a big i like shorter games because i play a lot so i always like games that are like i like where we are now in a as a generation when it comes to gamers as like we're okay with the short three-hour games, mm-hmm. five-hour games. Like, we're happy, especially with indie things, and I think that that's a great world to be in that we are right now, where something like this can shine. Because oh, you can see the love that you guys put in this game with the characters, and, like, I felt like Remy was a very good character. Like, she really grew on me. Like, I had a hard time right in the beginning one of the early puzzles where you have to get the, the robot to not leave. I couldn't figure out what to do at first. <laughs> it's and the it, hardest part. I think, you know, that's... Um, probably <laughs> we shouldn't have done... The first level is actually... Oh, no, that... That wasn't on you. Well, I mean, we, we did add a lot of hints into it, and uh, but I, because it is a complex puzzle, it's it has layers. And I think it's very cool because of that, because, I mean, you do need to, you know, perform a certain amount of um, actions in the correct order. But, I mean, they're pretty logical, I think, and um, but, but it isn't an easiest puzzle. I think it's the most difficult one in the game, actually. Uh, I was just, I wasn't thinking straight. That's the way I put it. Like I, I actually came by the solution by accident. So it wasn't oh, even you? I wasn't cheating yet. I hadn't, but I just was messing around now. So I'm like, oh okay, and it worked and you couldn't and then it just it just went through correctly. But yeah, I was completely just messing by accident. But you know, then it's not a very difficult puzzle. I I, I guess if you can just, you know, wing it like that. Oh no. I mean later on, like when I got to, like the near end of the game, I was starting to use more logic. Like, okay, I need, I see this item I can pick up, so I need to pick up this item, use this item. But again, I don't play adventure games, so my brain wasn't thinking of like, you might want to move this pillar, you might want to grab this item, like my brain wasn't thinking. <laughs> Let's just collect everything you can and then maybe just, just hold on to it and see what happens. Because that's that's just how my brain was working for this. So one of the other things I wanted to ask you is, are you into post-apocalyptic games? Like, what made you choose post-apocalyptic for this game? I, I think it's uh, the whole setting. I, I, okay, the setting itself is just so what we do. I mean, that's just like my art style, basically. Okay. So I'm very much into, um, like... Ray, Ray Bradbury and uh, his books and, uh, you know, older um, fantasy writer, it's not fantasy, sci-fi, sci-fi writers. So I really enjoy those types of universe that are a little bit of retro, you know. So I think that's why we had this post-apocalyptic style. Mm-hmm. In the end, I think it's just natural. It came just naturally. I'm just, you know, you're the first one who asked me this question, so I have to think, you know, I'm <laughs> This is probably the best answer I can uh, find. It was just, it was nice to see a post-apocalyptic that wasn't, like, your world wasn't really, de- wasn't depressing, which was nice. Okay. Like, I'm used to things of Fallout where this was a world where you see people thriving, you know, at least thriving enough in, in a city, they're surviving, they have what they need, they're just trying to figure out a mystery. And that was a nice different take on people suffering and life being miserable. It's a, it is isn't a copy is an optimistic game, I believe. It, uh, you know, it, it really is just so lively, and she wants uh, she wants to bring good to this universe. And uh, Stefan is just a good guy, you know, in general. So I think it turned out quite optimistic. 
It did. And like as as the game progressed, I felt like the story was really grabbing me too, which was nice. Like you, you did get me very invested later on. Especially once mm-hmm. I understood what was happening. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like I, I, I you guys dealt with a lot of like the interesting concept, like early on in the, in the first town, you see eye or the first area, you see eyeballs around like the machine, and I really like where you went with that as the game progressed. I thought that was very interesting, and it made me think a lot, which I, I liked. I like how it unfolds. Uh, I, I also like how it turned out with the unfolding part because I mean you don't get the, everything at the very beginning. By the way, there is an interesting um, thing about those eyes. Those are actually real human eyes from our backers. We had this pledge on Kickstarter, so we've um, taken uh, a picture of their eye and we put it as texture inside of that eyeball, so it's <laughs> real people looking at you. That is cool. <laughs> That is really cool. I think so, too. <laughs> it is. I mean, you again, it's always fun when I think you can take a community and put give something from that community and put into your creation. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, I love having people involved in our project. I mean, not just because of, you know, backing me or something like that. I mean, not just because of that reason, <laughs> but... <laughs> Because they are, they're helping with an advice and they are helping with uh, their involvement and uh, the way they react. I watch them react to certain things, you know, so it really, it really makes a game better in the end. Like with those robots, you've seen how they, I mean, they're basically the same robot, but they look different because of their modifications. And that came from Kickstarter backers as well. I mean, they had this option of adding modification to a robot. And so we have those eyes, you know, from our Kickstarter backers looking at at you. And then you have robots that our backers designed walking those streets. I think it's really neat because, I mean, I remember each model and how I made it. And I remember a person who, you know, who contributed to that uh, particular tier. And uh, I think it's just, you know, it's a very uh, warming game for me because of that, because of this experience. Makes sense. I was just really, I was like, the robots were creepy, but cool, like with the mouse. And (laughs) they they were different. It was very different than what you normally would see in a game. And I I, I like that. Oh, and where did the company name come from? Oh, it's two of us. So it's two of us for two of us. (laughs) No, it's not a baseball term. (laughs) No, you're good. I was just wanted to ask that because I, you know, I saw it. And that's why I kind of figured it probably was something of that nature. You guessed right. <laughs> what is your favorite genre of game? Oh, it's an adventure. I mean, that's easy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, that's what we. Uh, that's why we chose make to make an adventure. It's for me and for my husband. It's our favorite genre of the game. Uh, always been. Okay. What is your favorite game of all time? Favorite game of all time. Uh, there are quite a few, and I don't want to say Green Fandango, but I probably will. That's <laughs> fine. Well, so I have never played that, by the way. <laughs> you know, it's. <laughs> I haven't played it for a while, so it's, it, you know, I mean, since I was, like, much younger than I am now. <laughs> yeah. Most of the games I stuck with us the most. Like, one of my favorite games is Chrono Trigger, one that I played when I was probably 10 years old or so, and I still replay it, but, you know, it's a lot of time that stuff that sticks with you forever. There are, there are quite a few cool games that uh, came out recently, and I, I liked Firewatch, for example. Okay. Yeah, it's a good game. Something that I enjoy. I mean, uh, 3D Adventures, I'm... They're all good. I mean, uh, normally people who make 3D adventures, I mean, they, they have this, especially indie, you have this personal involvement in uh, their creation. So you can really feel the artist. I always tell people that they know me better than I know myself because they played uh, my game. Because, I mean, so much, uh, 
so many personal things in there, you know, that uh, probably I can't even understand as well as uh, my players could. I also noticed there were no dogs in this, but you did have a cat that we mentioned earlier. Are you a cat person over dogs, I assume? No, I'm a dog person. <laughs> I have a dog. <laughs> I have Jack Russell, so. Okay. I got a pit bull black lab somewhere around here, so. <laughs> I'm mostly a cat person, but okay, I was just curious, because you have the robotic dog that you meet very early on that's around in the game. Mm-hmm. That's what it made me think of. I'm, I'm a pet person. I like uh, I like uh, animals <laughs> in general, you know. You just make me choose over, you know, dogs <laughs> and cats, but I will prefer dogs. But I uh, we also have a bunny in there, so. <laughs> I, I like how you had so much robotic animals, too, which it kind of, like, was a different take, I felt, in a, in a post-apocalyptic, where you had... You know, the mm-hmm. robot dog. You had people doing things to, you know, create life. And it was that was, I thought, an interesting take, too. And, and the world felt very organic and mechanical at the same time where things are really integrated, which I feel like that was kind of your theme throughout the game. Exactly. That was exactly the theme throughout the game. That was... You, you call it absolutely on point. Absolutely. Because in the very beginning, we'll start from, you know, robotic versus... Bionicle, and that's of course East and the West that we're desca- describing. So, and in the end, they're all communicating within the dome. So, you also meet robotic and uh, Bionicle inside that dome. So, you were completely on point there. Okay. And you had, I think you had two mini games in this, if I remember correctly. One, the first one you introduced to is the hmm. boxing one. Yes. I failed the first time on that. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's fine. Well, I won my first match. I lost my next two. And he's like, you're going to do the dishes now. She's like, no. And then I'm like, okay. And then I was able to just replay them. But it was, I don't know what I did, but it worked. But it was, it was cool to see you. I thought it was interesting that you guys had, you know, something different gameplay in there just to kind of, you know, throw you off. I felt, for me, throw me off balance in the beginning because I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and we also had what? Uh, the darts. Darts. And, uh. With Robbie, you had another mini game there. Don't are you talking about the the Iraq arachnoid or in the very beginning with the computer? No, no, no. Where he had to wash the floors. Oh yeah, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was amused by that. But they're not difficult. I mean, those uh, no. mini games are uh, apart from the boxing one, which is also not. I mean, if you beat it from the second time, I think it's pretty. It's it's they good. Won. I mean, it's great. We had to balance it for so long. I mean. We, our testers were, were were so good to us. I mean, the first version that we had, people actually played it for thirty minutes. Okay. And we believe that they couldn't beat it, and then we just went and made it simpler, simpler, and simpler. And I think that I think it's pretty good stage at uh, what it's right. Don't I don't think it needs to be. No, it was fine. Yeah, I think so. It's just when you're rushing to beat it that that's. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I just got done playing Star Fox Adventure this past week, and I was rushing through that game to get it done because it would never end. Oh. And then I started Capia, and it was something much. This was this was gentler, and nicer to play. It's not from 2002. Oh, I just like because I know like even early on you had a news report that I saw where it's talking about the East and the West, and I just kept like I was saying earlier, got so many vibes that I thought were very cool. Right. And you start off talking about like the revolution. You have these characters early on in the first section talking about how they you know and i thought that was all very interesting that and then you have very simple stuff like one part of making a sandwich <laughs> which I, contrast, I like contrast. even though the game you know like you had a bigger plot going on you had so many little things and i thought it worked well especially when you're playing as remy like it, it worked the way everything kind of molded together i thought fit very well and was very interesting kept me entertained that's cool and i saw you had a lot of different voice actors that you got for this uh-huh yeah we did we had 
Quite a few. Quite were, a they, few. Were, were they like professional people? Were they people who kickstarted that you met or was it people that you just... No, they're professional actors, all of them. We are, uh, yeah, we, we did uh, have to budget. So we <laughs> used a lot of, we actually went through Fiverr and found the uh, people that we liked, but they're all professional actors and uh, some of them super good. And uh, some of them I saw rise in price like tremendously over those years. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, what did I get? I mean, this guy was charging $5 for like, I don't remember how much, but like 50 words, okay, whatever. And now he's charging 100 for the same. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I got a great deal. What can I say? I can choose uh, my actors, right? <laughs> No, everything was good. Like, the voiceovers all were very, very good. There was no... They said, you were almost a jail sandwich for a dumb game. A good game if you ever played that for bad voice acting. But there was nothing that felt... It all felt pretty real. Nothing felt, like, stupid or very... Of that era, of, of like what I think of some games, like the Resident Evil, for example. But no, I thought the voice acting was all very well. Like, I thought it all it worked together well. It, it sold the story well. Nothing, nothing felt amateurish with that. And all the characters felt alive. Good. That's how it should be. <laughs> doesn't happen all the time though. <laughs> you know, I've played some big budget games with terrible voices sometimes I don't know, they should look for stars I mean, they should, I don't know I just went through the, we did casting and then I looked at people and I heard their voices and I just, you know, imagined how they would uh, fit in the game and then uh, selected uh, you know, the one the, the one <laughs> one guy I um told I, I we already he already went through casting and I was like okay you fit perfectly for our character so I sent him a picture of a character and he was like what did you do what this is me <laughs> <laughs> and he had this avatar of like a flower or something like that that we didn't see him at all that's cool <laughs> that was pretty but I, also I felt. I really like the, the themes that you had in this game. Um, one thing I wanted to say is, like, for the loading screens, at first I was going to ask you, I saw it in the credits, but you had, you used, was it fan art that people sent in then? No, we, um, we had a few, uh, I actually threw out an advertisement and I was like, okay, if you have a kid and uh, you want to participate in this, just, you know, let us know and uh, we'll send you a theme. And uh, that's how we got our kids. They were volunteered kids. That's how. Okay. It, it's um, you know, we couldn't do like a fan art per se because uh, each each picture picture it represents a level, so yeah. it does have to have some certain some something certain in it. But of course, when we did those uh, pictures for when we gave them to the kids, I mean the assignment. We didn't necessarily had the level yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to come up with an idea of how to explain to them what to uh, create or, or without them seeing that. And for example, the first one, I don't know. Do you have some, Do you have one that you remember and then uh, maybe? I can't remember what section it was, but there was one that I thought was, it was a drawing of the girl Remy, but it was like, she looked older, maybe like, like more like 13, uh, uh, just the way they drew it with the red hair. Just I thought it was like, really, it, was, it looked really cool. Uh-huh. They are, I can't remember uh, where it was and what exactly yeah, was yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, this one. This, this one is by Sonia. And uh, she, she was assigned to... So th this was, you know, quote-unquote, this. Uh, a girl is talking to a big... Yes. And, and that's what she came up with. And uh, then I just, you know, she, she understood the assignment perfectly. And that's how it went for all of our children. I mean, they're just so natural. I think it was one of the funnest parts <laughs> about working on copy, working with kids. And it was so neat. 
And uh, it, we did it because, I mean, first of all, we thought it was a good idea from the very beginning because, you know, we have Rini and she likes to draw things when we have those crayons in there and uh, we thought it would fit so nicely. And I'm happy to see that everyone really likes it. Remy was a very good character, both Remy and Stefanor. I liked Remy more just because I like the innocence of a child and the way that you have her going on this, you know, in this world and traveling, trying to do it, you know, find her grandfather. And just the way, like, you have things that are happening that are pretty bad in some senses are getting there, like, but she doesn't really, I don't know, just the way that it worked and the innocent of it, I really liked. And there were a couple of times where I'm like, okay, this could go bad, nothing happened. Like, okay, but because it, it's not that type of game, but just kind of, that's how it felt. But it was very interesting. Good. And one of the other things that I want to mention or ask about here. No, I really, oh, I do want to say I really did like the loading screens. I was saying, oh, I, I want to say that you, it was very creepy seeing all the eyes and lips and ears of the machine around. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that was creepy as hell, but I also liked how you you had that, and I, I did like the whole theme of biological mechanics, especially as the game progresses, like kind of where it was going. I don't want to talk about, but I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did have a question. Uh, in the very first room that you're in, is there any point to spilling the dirt of the plant? Like, is there a puzzle? Like, you can you can spill dirt, and then the vacuum cleaner comes and picks it up, and I thought maybe right. that was part of the puzzle. I kept doing it, but nothing was happening <laughs> other than me cleaned up all the dirt. No, uh, if you won't do it, you can't uh, go through the puzzle. You need that, yeah, because uh, you distract the vacuum cleaner. Otherwise, he creates some, otherwise he creates, like, okay, you just can't go through the puzzle without that. Okay, okay. I'm I'm trying to formulate without the spoiler, and I'm failing it tremendously. I know, I mean, this game was older than I would be more, but since it just came out, I don't want to put anything for it. It isn't in the first beginning of the game for people, because it's a game that I think people should experience. Uh, Do you like Walking Sims? Like you mentioned Firewatch earlier. I don't think I had the chance to play it. To, to be honest, I haven't played so many games lately because, I mean, uh, we've been just creating our own. And it was just complete, you know, in between uh, finding funds and uh, doing like some marketing, it just takes all your time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hopefully now I can catch up and, you know, just play more games. And besides, you know what we did? We played quite a few demos for pe- from people or from our indie uh, friends. But that's probably in the, you know, occasion, occasional firewatch here and there. <laughs> do you have ideas what your next project is going to be yet? Oh, yeah, we do. We do have uh, we have ideas. And uh, it was actually, uh, it was already there. And uh, it's a very well thought out idea at this point. But we need to, you know, just polish it, finish it off. You know, the DNA of the game is already there. But I mean, <laughs> it needs to be, you know, born already in. But but yeah. Okay, and last question I want to ask you is how did how how good did it feel to finally let the game out into the world? Like how did that? Fe- or I should say how did that feel? How did <laughs> feel? Yeah, that's a bit <laughs> because it's weird. It's, it's so weird seeing. I I can never get used to seeing my game on someone else's um, like television or computer monitor. It's just so weird because I'm just so used to seeing it like right in front of me. But I mean, how how long has it been? It's been five days, so I mean. Yes. <laughs> It's all very fresh. Very fresh indeed. That's good, though. <laughs> it is good. It is good. It needs to see the world. I mean, and because we're indie, it's difficult to market. So, I mean, you know, every bit helps. And if you play a game and I'm like addressing everybody, you guys, if you play a game and you like it, do tell about it to your friends, you know, family members at the table, family dinner. I don't know. So wherever you can. Facebook. Because, I mean, uh, that's how we do it. I mean, there is no other way for us to spread out, to spread the word. Uh, we don't have a publisher, so that's the deal. 
I'll, I'll be I'll be mentioning. Well, hopefully people listen to some people will be, will take a look at this. Plus, I will be I will be promoting it for you too. To Thank you very much. It. It I very, really, really it's very interesting. It. I mean, it was. I wasn't sure like how. I mean, I was having fun, but I wasn't really like sure what I was doing. But as a game progressed, like I liked the story that you created. I liked what it was. Like I thought it was a. And I I like how you you did a good job for shadowing things. I mean, I'm not the greatest adventure game, but it was a, it was something that's a very good you know unique experience. I think and definitely worth people enjoying. I did I laugh at the so. fish part too when there was a part I had to go get a fish, and that did amuse <laughs> me. So little things. Mm-hmm. You put a lot of those little things in there, and I I I'm just so excited to you know hear this feedback because I mean. Um, Five days, I haven't heard much feedback yet. <laughs> but I mean, apart from reviews, which are coming up and they're very good. I mean, uh, so far we had a bad one. Hope this trend continues, but you know, <laughs> you know how that goes. But still, a uh, very positive. I mean, that's 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 very good. That's very heartwarming. I always have that with people. <laughs> you always have some people that are just don't like something for whatever reason, even though they just don't. Oh anything. yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. I understand. I, I'm almost ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys, you guys made something good though. It, it, it isn't. I didn't run any glitches while I was playing. There was nothing that didn't make sense. You know, I mean, yes, I I was using a guide when I could with YouTube, but there was nothing. It wasn't the game's fault. It was just me. But it it was everything flowed well. That's it wasn't good. like oh, we, we did test it very thoroughly, and we had a lot of testers, and we spent six months in testing. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, it was a very long time, and. Uh, we just, you know, sitting there replaying it all the time. But uh, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it. So now you don't run into glitches and it doesn't ruin your experience. No, there was nothing. There were no really hiccups or anything. There was nothing. I mean, I think the only thing there might have been, like, graphical hitch when you pull an item out. Like, it went through maybe a piece with that. I don't oh, I, yeah, it's, even yeah. then that. That doesn't, to me, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I play AAA games that have issues, worse issues than that, that aren't open world. So, it, yeah, it was fine. It was, it was good. Yeah, if you didn't have a bug, that's that's amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> no, it didn't give me any problems at all. Like I was able to play through it just fine. It it installed just fine. It didn't. I mean, how I give examples like there were some games that I bought on on Steam, like Legacy of Kane Two, Soul Reaver Two, or how you pronounce that, and the game just completely froze. <laughs> so I mean, oh. yeah, that, <laughs> that was really I couldn't play it. It wouldn't work at all. But you didn't. You didn't have any of that. <laughs> Your game worked perfectly. And. Uh, I mean, I'm very happy that uh, it turned out this way because I mean, we really worked hard on it. I mean, six months it was it was six months of hard work, and I am so grateful to our testers who helped us so much with it. I mean, I they went through this game and we went through the game multiple times, and uh, well, I, they did a very good job. And I think we should be continuing this trend because I like how you know you guys are able to enjoy it immediately without you know having things fall or. I don't know, freeze or whatever. And it is nice that we live in an era where, you know, people can do what you guys did, where you don't have a publisher and you're able to just put the game out there through Steam or in GOG and not have to, you know, not like the old days where everything had to be printed on discs and shipped out. It's nice that we're in this world now. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy for this opportunity to be heard because, I mean, uh, we've written the story as well. So it is really our, uh, our baby. So uh, it's nice to see it walk on its own. All right. And do you have any last things you want to say? I just want to thank all of you for, you know, supporting us and support, supporting your developers and giving us this opportunity to share our vision with you. It's uh, it's a great privilege that we really uh, cherish. We know that, you know, it's 
this opportunity doesn't come to everybody and uh, we really appreciate what you've done for us and we try we will try to make good games for you and uh, continue doing that for you know as long as we last <laughs> that sounded <laughs> ominous no but that also got a fiscal theme of the game too so cheer, i won't get up <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're fine. I think the same way. I just haven't gone there yet in this conversation. But um, there will be a link in the show notes for this game for Steam, because I prefer Steam. So there will be a, a link for the show notes. Definitely go check it out. If you like adventure games, it's something I think people will enjoy. Even for a guy who doesn't play adventure games, I had fun. So <laughs> That's very important. So you will, you will see a link to her game. And if you enjoyed this episode, go listen to all. We have tons of other, we have a few other interviews and tons of other episodes that we've done. Definitely go check all that out. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We're only audio, but we are on YouTube. Want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hathfair. You can follow her on TikTok. You'll see a link in the show notes also. And we have a Patreon for a little dollar. You can help us out. You, you are voting each month. You can definitely go do that. And last thing I want to say is give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who does the Gamer Looks at 40 podcast. Definitely go check him out and support him. You will see a link in the show notes to his podcast. And thank you again for coming on, Anna, for doing this. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you for having me. And thank you for bringing Cappy into the world. <laughs> you got me to play an adventure game again. That doesn't happen often. So. <laughs> All right. And we will see everybody next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.